The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you. Cornered. Trapped. However you slice it, it doesn't look good for Jonah, as he will be forced to face Iglantos and fall into the endless waste. How will this resolve? Is there any chance that somehow Stevens can get there? <laughs> no, unlikely. He is, after all, and rightly so, occupied with his wife and son. So, as usual, let me remind you that this podcast can contain images of graphic violence, child endangerment, and, of course, naughty, salty language. Now, children, grab your tentacles, cuddle in, and hope that tomorrow we still have, well, tomorrow. As we head into Chapter 18 and Trapped, Part 2. Jonah looked at the scuffs and scratches at the spot where he had left Matthias. Weird, he thought. It didn't make sense. The detective had dug up Simon and he never had a chance to throw Philip, but Matthias should be where he tossed it. And the bootmark from the detective stopped before the scuffs. So how? How could it be missing? Sensing he was being watched, he slumped his shoulders. He figured it was better if he got them believing he felt defeated. Chief. Yes, Jonah. Those are Detective Moran's prints, right? He looked at the prints and shook his head. Honestly, Jonah... It's been too many days to be certain. Remember, we came up here with the cleanup crew the next morning. So, those could be anyone's, Jonah concluded. Correct, the chief re-emphasized. Jonah wondered, could Moran have dug up the marker before he died? But if that was the case, what happened to it? Are you still going to be able to set up the barrier? The doctor inquired. Yes, and by having each of us hold on to one of the apostles, it will increase their strength. That will allow us to form the barrier. I see, said the doctor, who trailed off thoughtfully. They by now have probably noticed we're short Detective Stevens, which would greatly annoy them, Jonah added. They're watching us? The chief asked nervously. From the moment we arrived, Jonah replied. Then why haven't they attacked? The mayor questioned. As I told you, they're still leery of the moon. If we had waited until tomorrow... They wouldn't have even let us step onto the property. Plus, I suspect they don't know that Matthias is missing. Fascinating, the chief said. Jonah cracked a smile. Thanks, Mr. Spock. So what makes you think they don't know that we're short an apostle? The mayor insisted. Gut instinct, Jonah answered. Reeling? The mayor said, slightly dismayed. So how do we do this? The doctor asked, trying to downplay the mayor's doubts. Come here and I'll explain. The three men drew closer and Jonah started drawing in the mud. I need to toss these basically in a giant circle. Here's the house. I need to encompass the entire place with the 11 puzzles we do have. Each of you will take up a quarter point like on a clock. Each apostle resonates on its own frequency. So it makes a sound that you and I will hear as joyful noise. But to them, the mayor couldn't help but ask. What if they're wearing earplugs? <sighs> Mr. Mayor, even if they were, the sound would be like that hot knife being plunged into their eardrum. 
an irresistible noise, the chief noted. And it won't affect us, the doctor asked. Actually, it will, Jonas said, and the three men looked up at him as if to see if he was joking. But he was not. Those sacred objects will embolden you. You'll feel as if you could crush a demon under your shoe. But do me a favor and stay back. No matter what happens, stay back. Why? What is it you plan on doing? Because Warren isn't here. I won't be able to hold John. I'm going to need to place him and then confront the demon in the middle of the circle. And because of your unique power, you'll be able to eat him, right? Yes. Okay, so what's the problem? If I eat him in the barrier, I will resonate with demonic energy, meaning I can't leave the barrier. So we break off the barrier, simple enough. <sighs> you won't be able to. The barrier will lock down and I will be plunged into the waste, where Ekmalak will be waiting to end me. Wait, then. The trapper then becomes trapped. I know, and trust me, they know. That's why it was critical to do this before Eglantros became strong enough. Would having Warren here have helped? The doctor asked. Yes, Warren, acting as John, would have allowed me to avoid needing to eat him. The aura I am currently giving off comes across close to a human's, and I could have escaped. The only thing I was worried about was their wild card, he added. That Cassandra creature. Precisely. The second Eglantos would have been pulled in, she would have attacked me, and I being in a diminished state. Now she believes that once the trap is set, Eglantos and I will be trapped, and then she plans on killing the three of you. Wait, what? Relax, Mr. Mayor. She won't act tonight. She would rather have her victory over me, and then tomorrow? So we die, but tomorrow, the mayor asked. Unless someone can take up John and allow me to fully use my skills, yeah, probably. She will go out of her way to make sure that each of you suffer for challenging her here tonight. Great, the doctor chided. Except, except, you will still each have one of the apostles associated with the Gospels. You can use them to keep her at bay. What about my city? The mayor wondered. I don't know. Perhaps this will cause someone above me to act. My death? Cassandra on the loose? And Warren? Again, I don't know, he replied. However, take heart in this. Another presence has been working with us, just outside my scope of vision. Has been since I arrived, Jonah said thoughtfully. Really? Who? The doctor pondered. Again, I don't know. But I noticed it first at the cottage, and then again when Warren received that strange phone call. And then Moran's message to you, the chief jumped in. No, good try, chief. That one has me befuddled, Jenna replied. Anyway, we've delayed long enough. It's time to get the show on the road. The chief took up the top mark as they started to encircle the dilapidated winter residence. When they reached a quarter mark, the mayor took up a spot. And as they rounded the bottom, the doctor took up the halfway point as Jonah continued to create the circle. And Jonah wasn't wrong either. As the markers got tossed, each one sunk out and hit the ground with a blue explosion of light. When he tossed Peter, they could swear they heard a shriek and whimpering 
the power of Adonai's word radiating through the apostles, manifesting in the Gospels. The chief felt as if he could take on all the minions of the waste, but Jonah's face had grown stern, and with the toss of Peter, a deep sense of profound sadness surrounded the man as he held forth the last of the Gospels and called forth his name. John! The explosion of light that followed arced like an electrical wave of energy that danced and swirled with seeming delight as it rose into the heavens, forming a dome-shaped barrier. It was time, and no matter how strong Eglantris had become, he'd have no choice but to answer the word and his gospels, as each proclaimed him and the good news. Jonah watched as the dirt and dust began to rise, twist and take a darkened shape of something hideous leathery black wings and an elongated neck protruding into a bonish, almost horse-like head wrapped in a deep black skin with yellow, sickly eyes. A flash of red flashed through them as he eyed Jonah in obvious pain, stretching out its claws and wings and screaming directly at the hooded man who simply dropped the gospel he was holding and stepped forward. That's when Eglantros realized that without Stevens, they couldn't hold him here. He let out a horrid, deep-throated laugh. <laughs> Come and meet your doom, demon eater. <laughs> At that, Jonah smiled. You do realize that name's more than a nickname, right? You'd think you'd remember that, right? Fifteen years ago, in a graveyard? Although I'm still perplexed on how you survived. Eclantros had forgotten. He knew he hated Stevens. He knew he hated Jonah. But he had forgotten the cemetery. He had been chasing the Stevens whelp, who had scrambled his way past the gates when another man had gotten in the way. His face was stern. His eyes were ablaze with light as he seemed to step out of nowhere into the center of the mausoleum. That mattered not. Another stupid human getting in his way... But the man seemed to step aside, and the boy ran into a gate. It was a Solomon gate. That boy could wind up anywhere, any place. No. The hooded man smiled. He knew that, and an explosion of light sent Eglantra flying into the wall. He watched as the hooded man smiled, and then, helped by a little red-headed girl, he stepped into the Solomon gate himself and vanished. It didn't take long after that before Jonah arrived with the remnants of the sacred dawn. And, and then, why had he forgotten this? Why had he forgotten this fact that Jonah had nearly destroyed him? Mother! She knew. She was watching, smiling. This trap was set for Jonah, but he was truly the bait. Jonah began to walk forward, unwrapping his arm as he did so unleashing a hellish blue light that he immediately recognized. At least he had some comfort. This barrier wouldn't allow a demon to exit. And once Jonah ate him, there would be no one to handle John. Jonah would be forced into the waste with him. Eclantra stood dumbfounded and frustrated. He had done everything he had been asked. And still, knowing this, he opened his mouth and fired a fireball of energy at the approaching demon eater who let it hit him without even a flinch. 
He fired a second blast as he watched Jonah's eyes turn amicet and his hands swirl with unimaginable power. Jonah too had accepted his fate when suddenly Eglantros began to twist and wretch in an unexpected manner. As if something or someone was pulling his way out from under Eglantros' skin. Black blood sprayed and a silvery glow erupted out of his side as he screamed in pain as another figure stood briefly next to Eglantros. Bit of more than you could chew, huh, shitbag? A voice said and all four men watched as the spirit of Jason Moran carrying Matthias walked away from the center of the circle and nonchalantly tossed it to its former spot. Moran looked up at the window where he knew Cassandra was watching. Sorry I'm late for the party, but... No! She screamed. She had this all planned out. How? Eclantros must have scooped up more than Moran that day, and the Apostle had protected him in death. Damn it! She would need to flee. If she stayed, it would be ages before she could again escape the waste, and she still had a couple of well-placed wild cards of her own. Moran turned to Jonah, his spirit glistening in the night as he picked up John. I'm in place, Mr. Hollander. Do what you need. With that, the barrier was not only completed, but Jonah no longer needed to eat Eglantros to make the trap work. Instead, he used his energy to etch out the very words of creation in the ground beneath him, ironically using the very demonic energy Eglantros had shot at him. A large circle of thick black shadow formed in the ground and hands, thousands of them, latched onto Eglantros and started pulling him down and into the waste. He wouldn't be destroyed and Jonah knew he'd have to face him again, but... Jonah called out to the men, Don't move! Don't look down! And with that, the circle spread beyond them as it grew towards the house, bending it, twisting it, and pulling it into itself. The darkness folded back into itself. The sound of wood, brick, and mortar being sucked into the void reminded the men of a tornado sucking up everything in its path. It continued until the house was completely removed from the face of the earth. Unfortunately, it appeared Cassandra had managed to escape the chaos. But for now, for now, this blight was gone. With that, the spirit of Moran waved at his former comrades and vanished without a further word. Was that? The chief said to Jonah, who confirmed it with a nod. So that's what the radio message meant, said the doctor. Yes, replied Jonah, and I had to play the fool until it was too late for them to realize. When did you know? Jonah pointed to the area where Matthias once more glowed. I told you, they can't touch these, he said. I realized Moran must have grabbed it just before he died. Eclantros not only ate him, but the very thing that would bind him and bring him back to the waste. Now what? the doctor asked. We'll talk about that tomorrow, Jonah said. As they made their way back to the car, Jonah caught a glimpse of Grace, Lindsay, Ben, and the two officers. They had been released from their demonic bond and were now able to pass over to the other side. And with that, we've reached the end of this part of the story. Over the next few weeks, we'll be wrapping up a few things, tidying up a few loose ends, and of course, we'll reveal a few things that have been hidden behind the scenes. Defeated. The old bait and switch, I see. 
I wasn't expecting Jason Moran to show up and take Warren's place thwarting Cassandra's plans. And it seems we're getting close to the end of our little story, as we still have some unanswered questions and little hidden details that I presume we'll learn before we bring it completely to a close. So I ask that you tune in next week for Chapter 19, Meetings, Greetings, and Conclusions. <laughs>